begin recording. That's happening now. I see all that. Everyone's uh, original sound is where it ought to be. Uh, do you want to just? Why don't we start with that? Because we were just talking about the Leafs' uh, first game of the season, and they won. And uh, congratulations, Leaf, Leaf fan uh, people. Yeah, they won ugly last night, Howard. Uh, you know, what? they felt they won ugly. Ugly? You won ugly? How is that even possible? You win or you lose, right? Let me explain, Dan. <laughs> okay, Fred, carry on. Toronto Maple Leafs are an elite team in the NHL, apparently. The Montreal Canadiens are not. The game begins and Montreal uh, goes up 2 nothing. Leafs storm back, make it 3-2 at the end of the second. The Leafs go to sleep, as they often do, and next thing you know, it's 4-3 for Montreal. And then in a bat of an eye, it's 5-3 for Montreal with uh, less than, what, eight minutes to go in the game. So you're thinking the Leafs are going to lose to this pretend team in their home opener, you know, typical Toronto Maple Leafs. Was this in Montreal or in Toronto? No, this was in Toronto at the the Toronto Scotiabank Center. But anyway, then it turned around. The Maple Leafs pulled their goalie with about four minutes to go and scored, made it 5-4. And then I think with just uh, over two minutes to go, they pulled their goalie again and made it 5-5. So they tied the game. Austin Matthews scores a hat trick. Very nice. And then uh, it goes through overtime. Leafs could have won it a couple of times. They took a penalty, killed it off. It went into a shootout. Mitch Marner, the only guy to score. And the Maple Leafs come away with a 6-5 victory. So when I say ugly, it was sort of sloppy. Leafs made a lot of mistakes, and it was scrambly. But it began, again, at the beginning of the year, and that's why. That's why I say they won ugly. Okay, okay. Are you feeling are you feeling promised for the season? Then are you feeling that there's uh, there's? <laughs> have you not As been? Said, excuse, hold on a second. Have you not been paying attention? No, I know. There's no promise. May I? There's no promise for the season. This is one. There's 81 meaningless games left until April. That's right. That's what it all. That's really all that matters. They'll make the playoffs, and then you know they've already made the playoffs. Time. Yeah, you're uh, right. <laughs> they, just, they just made the playoffs. Great. Um, I'm surprised. Would you? You not surprised? I'm curious about the fact you watched the whole thing. It sounds like you were there for all sixty minutes. Well, I did because the Maple Leafs made some changes. They brought in a couple of players. You know, uh, Max Domi, Ty's son. Oh, that's cool. And this Bertuzzi kid to play with Matthews and Marners, and I wanted to sort of see that. And then they're talking about this defenseman they brought in, Klingberg, who apparently is good offensively but stinks defensively. So all that, all those aspects, I just wanted to. <laughs> that's what that's get what the Leafs need. For. The Leafs need another guy that can play defense. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> that's fantastic. Is, is, how many times have you sworn off the Leafs? Though didn't didn't you say that you were not going to watch the Leafs even yeah. just last year until they mm-hmm. got into the playoffs or something? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. And then you went but back. But as I said, a lot didn't change with the team from when them crapping out in the playoffs the year before to the regular season. So I thought, oh, same old, same old. But they made some. There was about 10 new faces on the team last night. So I wanted to check that out. Now, there Shoot was, me. There, Shoot me. Yeah, Dan. Jesus. What is, what, what is this harsh line of uh, inquiry? Well, it's just, you know, when a guy makes a, a really solid statement like, I'm, no, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm done. Listen. And he, he's not. That's, if you've not yeah. noticed anything about us for the last 33 plus years, you know, we don't care about hypocrisy, Dan. It's just whatever serves us at the time. And, now, and you're fickle. Yeah, uh, exactly. As a sports fan, you tend to be fickle. And human beings have the right to change their minds. Uh, Dan, we 
you may not know this, up until last night, this was the song that was playing, that would play every time the Leafs would score a goal. It's the oh. goal score song whilst playing at the Scotiabank Center, formerly the ACC. I have no idea. Uh, so yesterday there was quite a buzz around pregame uh, talk uh, that the Leafs were going to change their goal scoring song. Now, for everyone who doesn't recognize this, this is Hall and Oates, You Make My Dreams Come True. Which I thought was odd for a team of 20-something. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. Who is that you know? for? Their grandparents? <clears throat> well, this is it. And I'm thinking even if there's older players on their team well into their 30s, this is still an ancient song for those guys. This song is 35 right? or 40 years old. <clears throat> so, again, the pregame buzz yesterday was that they were going to change their goal song. And they weren't telling anybody until the first goal was scored, which came in the uh, second period. Um so anyway, they score, and guess what the song is? I have to write this down. Okay. Okay. Steve Aoki's dance remix of Kid Cootie's Pursuit of Happiness. Have you any idea what that is? Why that is? Uh... <sighs> I, don't, I don't even know how to get that. Oh, here it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so this is Kid Co- Cootie. Uh, and a bunch of other people. Is this the song? Pursuit I couldn't of- tell you. Crush a bit, little bit, roll it up, take a hit. <laughs> this will be great. Like, here's three guys who are combined ages of 190 years old. And uh, well, none of us know that. going to be my spin on this story, yes. Mm-hmm. I've never heard I- I'm not even sure if this before. is the song, though, Fred. Well, is it called Pursuit of Happiness? It is. It's called Steve Steve Aoki Remix, Pursuit of Happiness, Extended Mix, featuring Kid, Cootie, MGMT, Ratatat. Uh, there's more. There's a lot of people. Oh. It took a lot of people to uh, get this thing going. Yeah. So this yeah, is the song. Steve, Steve Aoki before. There's a documentary about him on one oh. of the streets. Oh, all right. But, but, you know, sort of a club DJ kind of guy. Yeah, I'm well, assuming. I- Here's the thing last night, Leafs pregame ceremonies, Sportsnet or whoever, they did not they did not have the arena mic'd properly last night. So as the Leafs were being introduced, you could hardly hear any fan reaction and I'm thinking our fan you know, our fan our Maple Leaf fans that pissed off over what happened in the playoffs last year that they're holding their applause back. But they weren't. I could see that people were standing and, you know, clapping and everything. But they just didn't have... It was sad. It, it, it just wasn't mic'd properly. So, further to that, when they scored, I'm trying to hear what the song is, and I really couldn't hear it. Like other years, it booms through the television when they score. So... Yeah. I don't know what the deal was last night at Sportsnet. From my perspective, I don't know. It was my system, whatever, but I could hardly hear it. So when you ask, is this it? I can't tell you that. But a funny aside, when they first named what the song was during um, the broadcast, the the young guy named Kyle Dukakis or whatever his name is who does the rinkside stuff, Mm -hmm. he referred, he said, yeah, the song is uh, Pursuit of Happiness. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, what song by Pursuit of Happiness? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What do you mean Pursuit of Happiness? What song was it? You know, I'm an adult now. Like, what's the deal? <laughs> Again, showing my age, he's throwing that song out there, the title of the song, like everyone would know it. And I'm thinking it's the Canadian band. Well, that's the first thing I And then I'm thinking, why would they choose a song by Pursuit of Happiness? Yeah. That band hasn't even been around in like 
Well, they well, maybe because they were upgrading from Hall and Oates. <laughs> exactly. They went, so. well, we've got it. Here's a 45-year-old song. Let's go to a 30-year-old song. Well, that's the first thing I thought of when you said Pursuit of Happiness. Dan, what are you doing? Yeah. Dan's so. playing around with his monitor. Uh, I was just, so, uh, you know, I think there, there's a, there may be a different mix or a, I found a section of the song, but I can't play it without this little cable. Well, no, Daniel, I, I, I've got, this is, I've got Steve Aoki, Pursuit of Happiness, featuring Kid, name, read, read, read me what you just read. Read it again. Who, me? Yeah, it's you. Steve Aoki's dance remix of Kid Cootie's Yeah, I got it. This is it. Pursuit of Happiness. So this so, so, doesn't sound that energetic to me, though. Well, Kid Cootie, so I, this is the song, Dan. It's Kid Cootie came out in 2012, and this is Steve Aoki's remix of it. Right. And you're right. It, it's like... I mean, it's a cool beat and everything, and when Dan... When you go to your raves, I'm sure this is... Uh, <laughs> Dan goes to his... Uh, his raves and he's got the uh, little light thing and he's all high on Molly. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I like. But this makes sense because apparently all the players submit a, a song and then they vote which ones to keep and then yeah. by process of elimination they decide which one it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, this makes, I would think, from my perspective, even though you said 2012? Yeah. Jesus, it's 11 years old. You know, this makes a little more sense to me given the... Uh, demographic of the team yeah i'm just and this this may not be the one but i was just thinking okay what would be the humble and fred you know victory song or score song and it would be something like this i can't hear anything hang on a second (laughs) yeah I was trying to think, what's the saddest song I can sing? What's the saddest song I can think of? In a little while from now, alone again, naturally. I promised myself to treat myself Literally. Gilbert O'Sullivan from these from the soundtrack. Songs to kill yourself by. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a wanker by Ivor Biggin might work with us too. No, yeah, sure, no, absolutely. You know, I, 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 this is all I came up with off the top of my head. In the meantime, well, we could spend half the show talking about don't songs that would fit with Humble and Why don't we do a contest where the listeners say, "What is the Humble and Fred's?" Anyway, uh, why don't we actually start the program? This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a winterized pool, and from Lisa's Peterborough dining room table with a compost bin on it, and is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now, here are two men who are not suspects in the $20 million Air Canada Gold Heist, but they suspect each other. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, that's a great story, Dan Duran. We'll have on the news later. And welcome, everyone, officially to the Thursday email, email show. And, um... Lots of stuff to get to, including your emails in about uh, 20 or so minutes. And uh, we will uh, discuss at some point today some of the uh, news of the last couple of days. Um, you know, there's a couple of stories I wanted to run by you guys 
that I have been saving, and uh, I want to get to it before we leave again for another Humble and Fred long weekend. The first one is just a really quick story. doesn't need a lot of mm-hmm. airing out, but it is, I found, uh, somewhat uh, fascinating. Uh, it's a story about Interact and e-transferring, that Interact is uh, widening the scope of uh financial institutions eligible eligible to use e-transfer and that's that's fine but the um apparently canadians are e-transfer crazy 90 percent of canadians in this country 90 percent of us already use e-transfer and um I find it uh, interesting that when I write, have you ever run into somebody who doesn't have e-transfer? I have recently. And, and, and it's almost like, what? I, yeah. It's uh, somebody I, uh, I, it's in the golf industry. And I was, I wanted to pay, uh, I was, I took a lesson from somebody and I, and I wanted to pay them. And they said, well, I don't do e-transfer. I was like, what? What do you mean you don't do e-transfer? How is that possible? And they just don't. But How old was that person? 60s. Mm-hmm. What, what country? Canadian. Mm-hmm. This country, <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you. You you're an international golfer. Type. I am. You take uh, no, but good. Take, you know, uh, you know what? Good question. Everywhere. Good yeah, question. You can't. You can't e-transfer outside. Of no, you can't. No. Oh, I never even. Oh, well, because yeah, that's the, right. Yeah. How do they figure out the exchange? Right. Come oh, on. Well, the fin track or whatever is the problem, right? But yeah, it's it's. Uh, it was. Uh, I just was. I just noted it. How unusual it was to run into somebody. And there you have it. Ninety percent of Canadians use the service regularly. Canada has a way higher percentage of that than most other countries, doesn't it? Or at least it, I don't know, but I would say, I would think yeah. 90% is pretty high. Well, again, COVID, I think COVID's partly responsible for that because you look at even this business we run. I used to go when I needed checks for this company. I would walk into the bank with my hands up when I was ordering the checks because they had become so ridiculously expensive. Like ridiculous. Probably over a bucket check, if I remember uh, accurately. You know, that's three years now. So I just started to e-transfer. Yeah, and it costs you to e-transfer. But when you slice and dice it, a lot, you know, probably similar or maybe slightly more expensive than what checks cost. You know what I mean? So now all our business through this company is when I, if somebody isn't in our regular monthly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, payment uh, accounts payable, I e-transfer the money where I would have written a check. Um, so I imagine that applies to a lot of businesses, a lot of people that through COVID when they would actually hand people cash or work that way have just, that's become the norm. Another thing. Here's another thing that I didn't do. Cause you, another, you, you another thing that you, cause yeah, you used to give us checks and then I would at one point still go to a bank, not go in the bank, but I was going through the drive through depositing those checks yeah. and then XGFR showed me this is four or five years ago right. had a e-deposit and and that that's got to be fairly recent for a lot of people and again uncomfortable for a lot of people in their 60s yeah where you take the picture of the check and then you just uh submit it that way i i, I do that all the time too people that pay us with checks i just put it on my dining room table take a picture mm. of it and it's deposited so having to go to the bank 
You know, and that's another thing through the years. I know people bitch and complain about, you know, going to an ATM and what it's going to cost. We've said this many times. Just think of what you used to have to go through to get money. Oh, yeah. What they, what they charge for, like, bank machines and e-transferring. Like, I'm fine with it, buddy, because just I don't have to leave my home to do all this stuff. No, I know, There's got to be a price on that. Jesus. Dan, what's your, uh, you know, big business? I, I have a sense that you'll be like, well, you know, but the little man, uh, what about the guy that cleans the ATM machine? Right. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> I haven't been in, to be honest, I haven't been in my bank in um, over a year. Yeah. I just haven't gone into the bank because I haven't had any issues. And any time I've had an issue... I you know it's a, you, the online version. You either chat uh, with my bank or you call them right and, and talk to them. Mm-hmm. That's the way I've been dealing. But I have a package deal. I'm sure. Oh you, yes, do. you do. How? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so package includes. You got to be quick on this game. <laughs> I've got a package. Oh, don't you? Yes. Have you? Um, how do you e transfer that? Well, you it all you get all the transactions are included, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so whatever the the monthly fee is, you get you know unlimited whatever debit and credit and for, you know if you're doing a, on a debit card or or a, you know transferring e transfers all kind of right. included. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But I know like, that without that though, there, there are some prices. I mean, some of those ATMs, the the local charges that gets yeah, mad, they they charge so. you three bucks. That's what the uh, at the gas station here. If I, you know, if I don't want to go to my bank, it's a three dollar charge. Yeah. You know, it's a tough one, too, because if you go into a teller, it costs you nothing, and you're thinking they're paying this person. But if I go to this machine, you know, they're not paying a person, yet they're charging me that amount of money. But again, I can't help. It's just within me. I just think of, what does this mean? Is this worth three bucks to me to have this convenience? And I go, oh, yeah, it is. And you bring up an interesting point. Yeah, interesting. Interesting, and another thing. (laughs) (laughs) You bring up an interesting point about uh, that. If you think about the three of us and how there was a time in our lives where we could only go into a bank for cash. And I mean pre-ATMs. You know, where you would get your paycheck. And and I remember this, you know, before they would e-deposit my check. Mm Mm-hmm. And in fact, I'm thinking because of the way I ran my, my company, it was always paid to Humble Entertainment or whatever it was called. I would actually have to have it. I would always have to deposit because they didn't e-transfer those or e-deposit them. Think about that, guys. We used to go and, and go, okay, we're, what am I doing this weekend? Because if you didn't go to the bank by Friday, you were cashless for the weekend. You know how many times I had that conversation with buddy of my uh, buddies of mine, like on a Friday afternoon or something. Listen, I'm not going to be able to get to the bank. If you got some cash, I'll pay you tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll do that. Um, listen, here's how old I am. I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but remember what did they call them? A passbook. When you would take your little book, yes, and you of would course, go to the bank and bank make your deposit. Yeah. And remember, they would run it through the little machine to update it. I remember my first bank account, the teller actually wrote it mm-hmm. in the book. Can you well, imagine and, that? Well, imagine in Dan's day, yeah. they, he would go to the general store and he would take some of his pelts. <laughs> <laughs> he yes. would take his beaver pelts or whatever he was tracking in those times. And they would give him a, a thing of sugar and some mm-hmm. uh, venison. And that was how they did it. But no, I, I remember, listen, I remember 
what you just said, I remember having your passbook updated electronically. Mm-hmm. I remember when it, whenever it was that you could start getting cash back at the grocery store. Like that was a source of right. cash where you could mm-hmm. make a purchase and then you could add cash to it. I mean, I know that's pretty not recently, but that came probably around the same time as ATMs. But yeah. Can you answer this question? What's in it for the grocery store? Because they didn't charge you a fee. Convenience. Oh, as a service to the customer. Probably. Yeah. You'll buy. So we won't do it unless you buy something. So. So, Dan, how would it how did it work with you? <clears throat> what was like uh what was what was legal tender when you were hunting bison? <laughs> well, I'm sorry, yeah. Dan. You know, I, I'm trying to take yeah. the, the I'm trying to take the yeah. attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, off no, the usual. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like well, to bring up, you know, the fact that you're you know, incredibly old. At the end, it was at the end of the year when I managed, you know, all of the gold that I panned, yes. I brought in. And, you know, the, the charge account that I had created, you know, and, uh, you know, bill it to my account every yes. every month or whatever and kept track of that. And then I'd bring the gold in at the end and <laughs> during the square up. When you were in the Yukon. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There was a huge, huge, huge take on the interest rates, though. Yeah. I mean, they, they sure brutal. Yeah. yeah. How would you pay the shepherd before you had your way with the flock? He's <laughs> <laughs> going way back now. Hey, Dan, Dad? in in Bethlehem when you were first. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, there's that story, yeah. and uh, you know we've talked about this drug. Uh, I think, Fred, you were the first one to bring it up on the program. I Now, it was Ozempic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now, I was, you know, here in the city, there's all these billboards, and then their campaign is, I just asked my doctor. Have you seen those, Dan, where they just is some person, it's, they're trying to make it seem like, all I did was ask my doctor, and next thing I know, I lost a bunch of weight. So there's so many aspects. So anyway, the, the, the story is about Ozempic, but it's a, it's, a, it's a side. It's an interesting aspect to this story. It's not just about people losing weight on this drug. And by the way, there's a bunch of different ones. Uh, there's called uh, Wigovi, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Munjaro. They're collectively known as GLP-1 uh, drugs. A growing number, Daniel, love this. A growing number of companies are worried that mass adoption of this drug uh, which works by suppressing people's desire to eat and drink will be bad for their bottom line. And these are snack food companies. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like snack food company, um, the, all kinds of people that make junk food are worried that these people's desire for their food, which, by the way, is also. Another story about how highly addictive, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but I've seen another story about highly, how highly addictive snack foods have become, like at a, at a, at a level they've never been before. So now these two stories conflate, if I may use that word, and you've got this, this drug. By the way, in Canada, I'm try, I see here they've, they've um, I'm trying to see how many, pres- five million prescriptions were written in the U.S., and in Canada, spending on this drug alone has surged by more than 1,500%. So it's now everywhere. I don't know anyone who's on it. Do you guys? No, I have no idea. Yes, I know I one person somebody. that was on it, but because of diabetes, and she lost right. a lot of weight. You know her. Um, uh, 
Yeah, it's something else. But the thing is, spending on that drug in Canada, if your doctor prescribes it, well, I guess you have to have a... Yeah, even with a drug plan, there's still there's still money spent on prescription drugs. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Right. It's yeah. not an over-the-counter thing. Not no, no, no. Right. No, I see no. what you're saying. Not firsthand. There's still money, yeah, involved. Um, did you say you had another story? Because I have one that will um, flow with that as well. Well, no, just to, just the, the idea mm-hmm. that there's this there's there's a, there's the story about how ultra mm-hmm. processed foods are becoming so highly addictive, and these companies that make them are worried about the, the Ozempic taking a business away from them. Yeah. Um, Dalhousie University did a survey. Um, millennials. And millennials are like my kids' age. You know, that 30-something now with young families buying their first homes and all that stuff. 69% of millennials claim now they are choosing price over nutrition when it comes to groceries. And that's shocking, and that's disturbing, and that's scary to me. You know, another byproduct of the food gouging that's going on now. And I understand it. You've only got so many dollars, right? So you're reaching for more craft dinner and less vegetables or whatever, you know, just go down the list. And um, that's frightening. And again, so and what will that lead to? Obesity. This There's a lot of this. You know? I've got some this numbers. We must have a looked at the same story. It says a recent survey found that 46 percent of Canadians are prioritizing costs over nutritional value. Sixty three percent saying they're concerned the compromise will affect their long term health. And within my story, it also says mm. that um, Canada may be implementing rules for these companies. Dan, you'll love this around disclosing. If a product is high in sodium, sugars, or saturated fat, because because what they've done to these foods, mm-hmm. and that's so it's not just cost for it, it's also there's they, they've made them more addictive, and not just snack foods, all of this stuff. So is it more salt and sugar? More salt, sugar, those saturated two. fats, but they're going to have to start labeling labeling them because they're as dangerous as smoking used to be for people, as they should. They're not being reasonable about it. If they're putting it in there just for... <clears throat> and that stuff tends to be the less expensive foods in the... Yeah, absolutely. Like the junk, the garbage, you know. Um, and again, I'm not talking about snack foods. I'm talking about, you know, high fat, high carbo... High, uh, carbo... High... Drape, you know, with carbohydrates. Well, ultra... Pre- yeah, this, but, yeah this, there's two things going on here. There's snack foods... Mm-hmm. And there's ultra pro- processed foods, both of which I'm talking about. But the ultra processed foods are what you're talking about: Kraft Dinner, Instant This, yeah. Um, and they're and they're cheaper, and uh, yeah. and they're also very addictive. Yeah. Like you look at a little bag of those baby carrots or something. If you wanted to give your kid that to snack on, for instance, what they cost now, and what four boxes of craft dinner would cost. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying that, but those, you know, the, the cans of noodles and all that that are dirt cheap compared to what you're paying for fruits and vegetables now. I get it. You've only got so you got to you know you got to you got to feed these kids. You got to you know they you got to fill their bellies. It sucks, but that's what's going on. That's where we're at right now. Ice cream, fast food, and ready-made meals now make up more than half of the average diet for people in the U.K. and the U.S., so you can just extrapolate that for Canada. And researchers have found these foods evoke 
similar dopamine levels as nicotine and alcohol while causing similar withdrawal symptoms. I get it. I love snacking, you know, especially when I was getting high all the time. You know, I did that thing where you, they call it uh, storm eating, where I go from like mm-hmm. ice cream to peanuts to almonds back to cheese. <laughs> you know, I would just, I did. I would ping That's a pong. Great name. <laughs> What's I've that? Heard that before? <laughs> storm eating. I've never heard of that term. Yeah, before. a lot of people do it. It's, a cool it's, term. it's it's you you storm eat. You just eat in this sort of blind um, rampage. That was a a noom term, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I feel you know what I you know what like I've I had a stroke understand? this morning. Absolutely. And Howard and I, Howard, you and I have talked about watching our fathers. A plate of food would be put down in front of them, and they'd grab the salt and pepper shakers, mm. salt in particular, before they even tasted it. You said that as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like I never touch a salt shaker. I don't like. And I often, I, I've sort of weaned myself off salt. I don't even really like salt, as I've said, on my peanuts and potato chips and stuff. Now, the salt really, it's too much for me because I've sort of weaned myself off it. And I'm thinking, I never use a salt shaker. Is that because there's so much salt and everything, too, that I don't need, need it? You know what I mean? Like, Well, you're it, also it, a good cook. I mean, I'm sure you season your food when you cook it. Yeah, yeah, not with salt per se, but I'm sure some of the seasoning has salt in it, obviously, yeah, but... You know, I made a stir-fry last night, pretty, you know, just some leftover turkey from the holidays and some vegetables, and yeah, I salted it while I cooked it, not excessively, but I seasoned mm-hmm. it, salt and pepper, and because there was some spinach in there as well, and then I didn't put anything else on it when I ate it, because it already had some flavor to it. But I definitely use too much sodium. I use a lot of soy sauce and food. And I love salted. I, I eat spits. You know, it's my thing. I love mm-hmm. spits at night. But uh, when you, you know, when when the economy, you know, our lifestyle, whatever you want to call about, call it, it's affecting food to the extent that it is now. It's a pretty serious situation we're in. And again, not for us. You know, you know, just the two of us. We can have whatever we want. I, I just think about those kids that are balancing car payments, house payments, kid payments. Like, wow, it's food now? <laughs> well, here's the solution. You got a big house. Get them all move in with you. Take care of them for crying Sometimes I'd like to. Dude, get them in there. Uh, Dan Duran, what is your, uh, I, I can't remember, it's been a while since I've seen you. What, what is your food that you like use, like when you get high in the evening when uh, girlfriend uh, Lisa's gone to bed and you're smoking your weed on the sly? What, uh, <laughs> what, uh, what uh, snacks do you go for, Dan? Do you have any cravings for anything or are you just a machine? <laughs> well, the, well, the only, the only uh, one that I've been, there, you know, a cracker or two here and there. A what? Uh, I like crunchy things, anything crunchy, uh. but not, not so much potato chips. I'll eat potato chips, but always regret it, so I never really mm-hmm. go for that. Yeah, on, the, on this note of, of food, so, by the way, nacho chips are probably the thing that go like Nacho uh, tortilla, chips. <laughs> tortilla chips, lightly salted. Okay. The other day, I, I offered to go and, and get Lisa uh, uh, some potato chips because she was having a craving, and mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I'll go to the corner store and get it, and... Uh, Old Dutch potato chips is kind of my go-to if I'm going to buy it because Love I those. grew up with Old Dutch, yeah. which is just sort of penetrating in in uh, Eastern Canada. Yeah, it's it a Western Canadian Western thing. Company. Yeah, we never had them. No. Yeah. And what I I saw, okay, there's the the, the original style. I was looking for Ripple chips. Got to get time. Ripple. 
you got to get ripple chips and then there was uh uh i don't know the other one with lightly salted mm. chips that okay that, that makes sense but i did and then started reading the sodium content on the back of them and there's another one that it's called uh ridges i think something mm. but it's like twice the salt it's like per serving there's 600 grams or something in in the it's like astonishing amount of salt in that. And I said that how can how can, shouldn't there be a level of you know per serving salt size that that well, they no. should cap it? Yeah. yeah, they should cap yeah. it. No, I know, but you know the the pushback on that is like you have eyes, you have a brain in your head. You know, look at it, and if it's too high, don't buy it. I know easier said than done. We don't tend to do that. You know, Lay's makes a potato chip and a pale blue bag, mm. unsalted <laughs> potato chips. They're tasty. Because you're just getting the full flavor of the potato chip. Um, when we were kids, it was Hostess. Is Hostess still around? Like, or is it all? Were they bought by Lay's? It used to be Hostess potato chips, and but I don't recall sure seeing those anymore. I think they were taken over by Lay's. You know, they did a test run a few years ago here. The curry-flavored Lay's potato chips did a curry flavor here in uh, Brampton. Mm -hmm. They didn't last long, though. You know, all the Indian people are going, you're not fooling us with that. (laughs) You made that curry flavor in a laboratory? I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah, I I can see that. that I was going to say, like, not who is that for, but the people that really get curry aren't going to be fooled by that flavor. That being said... And another thing, I do recall, and we've had this conversation, I don't want to belabor it, but when they introduced salt and vinegar chips and they introduced yeah. ketchup chips, my, yeah. my little Howie G mine in Moose Jaw was blown, especially mm-hmm. ketchup chips, ketchup chips, yeah. right. because I thought that was the innovation of all innovations. It happened around the same time that we landed on the moon, Dan, and I thought, well, this must be yeah. part of the space world. Well, why did you used to prior to that dip your chips in ketchup or or put ketchup ketchup on them? Because I remember people doing that. No, yeah. I no, actually, I don't. But but we Dan and I grew up uh, west, and you know, old Dutch potato chips was the go to, and the one with the ridges was for specifically designed for dipping. Mm-hmm. It's just that idea of you know the flavor uh, flavored chips were like a big deal when that happened. Yeah. When we were kids, you know, the norm was plain chips. In fact, there was a company in Toronto, Scarborough slash Scarborough, called the Chip King. And once a week, they would come and deliver potato chips to your house, like in this tin barrel. And we used to get the plain chips. And I vividly remember my dad putting the chips on a plate and then shaking vinegar on them. Wow. You know, prior to uh, salt and vinegar. Yeah. I remember my mom making uh, chip dip out of... uh out of sour cream and and uh, you know a Lipton cup of soup, uh, no, or, onion, cup yeah. soup. The, the onion, onion, onion soup, onion, yes. onion soup yeah. absolutely the powdered onion soup yeah, yeah and then it was pretty good it was space age mm-hmm. stuff right there that right? was some space age stuff all right well listen uh, this is our show we got to get to our emails Dan's going to come back with this and and for shortly with this uh, great story of a heist that happened at Air Canada Air Canada is being sued for bungling a pretty big shipment of gold and money gold gold and <laughs> dan <laughs> we'll have that story and uh we'll get to uh, your emails here in a second oh look it's the, it's the humble and fred scoring gold song uh, first let's talk about these five people 
The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan Canada's number one plan for group benefits. If you have a small business, this is the way to go. This is the ticket. This is what to do for your employees. Go to chamberplan.ca today. Get a free quote. Um, they'll ask you questions about, you know, your company, the size of your company, what your needs and wants are, and then they'll come up with a with a price, and you'll be pleasantly surprised it can be done. Great gesture to your employees, dental and medical and, uh, well, dental, dental and uh, prescriptions and uh, all sorts of therapies, a uh, mental health component now. They even have an HR department, per se, that you can tap into if you need. It really is clever. All these small businesses across Across Canada together now have the ability to go and buy insurance at a reasonable cost. It's the uh, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one uh, group benefits plan for small business. And now here's another episode of what? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And now here's another episode of our magical friend, Boron. (laughs) Because <laughs> another, where, this is the part of the show where I list all the things that Boron does for us in our daily lives. Are you are wonderful? You, are, are you ready for mm-hmm. some new ones that I found? Okay, Boron is found in soap, shampoo, creams, lotions, your makeup, shaving cream, lens solution, hair products, even. Tooth and denture products. Wait, Fred. You're probably saying, Howie, is boron found also in sheets, bed coverings, and clothings? Yes. All those things contain boron that improves fiber performance. Boron is also used in detergents, laundry boosters, and bleaches. Oh, I could go on, but I don't want to boron you. You know, <laughs> just uh, find out what it's uh, find out what all the boron fuss is about. Uh, Boron1.com. That's the company that supports us. And uh, as we found out just a couple days ago from uh, the head honcho there, the, do people even call people honchos anymore? Whatever. Is that racist? Mm-hmm. The head um, honcho? Is honcho racist? Anyway, the uh, head guy. Probably. Howard, probably. Yeah. You know, I'll just put that in the yes and play it. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear Howard said the guy was a honcho? Anyway, that guy, Tim Daniels, told us that, uh, you know, all the statistics about gold, I'm sorry, uh, boron mining and how rare it is to actually get uh, to the point that they're at at boron1.com. Find out more about this uh, wonderful uh, mineral and how you can participate in the uh, the mining of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That just reminds me. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, we were talking about chips and snacks. How about this advertising campaign? Ay, 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 ay. I am the Frito Bandito. So, Frito-Lay chips, they were promoting it by a little Mexican guy who was a bandito. Oh, he was. And that... And that was their that that was their advertising campaign. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that flying today in 2023? I am the Frito Bandito, and it's a little guy with a Mexican. Hat. No, and, a, and like a, a Mexican uh, shawl or whatever on. Um, yeah. No, a poncho. Oh, poncho, yeah, P- hey, poncho. poncho. I am the Frito Bandito. <laughs> Right, and had the accent. Oh, yeah. yeah, This was a thing. This was was a a thing. thing. In a time before now. Mm -hmm. That's what we should do. We should do a feature every day called In the Time Before Now. These are things that happened. Yeah. Are you ready, Freddy? Uh Uh-huh. 
Are you ready to do it? This is uh, our weekly email uh, portion. Hang on a second. Let me get rid of that. Got to get rid of that. Enough of Gilbert O'Sullivan. Let's get to something a little more up-tempo. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Maybe this could be our song when we score a goal. Who's this first one from? Uh, Martin Lai, uh, subject matter shroud. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. He said, I had a job once wrapping a fresh cow carcass in a shroud. (laughs) This was uh, to shape it for cutting the next day. He's referring to shroud because I used the term yesterday when talking about my 65 Dodge van. The engine was actually inside the van between the two seats, and it was covered by a shroud. That's where that reference comes from. Martin goes on. In the old days, beef was hung to cure for uh, 14 to 21 days. As time advanced, beef became leaner, and the cow went from alive to wrapped in plastic much quicker well thank you for that uh, <laughs> resting heart rate 72 bowel movements regular nice that's our buddy martin lie first of all carcass is a word one of those comedy words i just think it's a mm-hmm. it always makes me laugh yeah. because it's just got all the components of a funny carcass um, shroud, you know, come I, on, you lazy bastard. Bring your carcass. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Shroud. I was, uh, t- I was a bit surprised yesterday because, you know, I love words. And I, of course, you know, I, when you when you said that, I for a second there, I wasn't sure what you were saying. I'd never heard it. I'd never heard the way you use it. I've heard the term only in the shroud of Turin. The famous uh, supposed right. blanket that covered the you know the carcass of Jesus, <laughs> Jesus's carcass. Mm-hmm. But, but I, honestly, they, yeah, I was yesterday old, as the kids like to say. It was yesterday old when I heard that term for the first time out, outside of the other use of it. Well, you know my boat. Yes, an outboard engine. The engine is covered by a shroud, the thing that says Evan Root on it. Yeah, yeah. That is the, that is the shroud. Isn't that interesting? Of the outboard engine. Yes. So anything that covers anything that encases something can also is also by ver- by definition a shroud. Yes, I think that's like a condom. You, you know, Grab the shroud, or we'll get pregnant. Mm-hmm. No, let's get Dan back here. Dan, how big is your shroud? <laughs> oh God! Okay, he uses a hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now, quick, go down to the store and get a condom. Comes back with a hot air balloon. All right, I'm ready. Hi, guys. Uh, this Hi one, guys. a subject Hi line. Guys. Tarzan Dan. <laughs> it comes from Tony. He says, Hi, guys. Hi, guys. I know, and, and he's right. I know I've emailed you before about having Tarzan Dan as a guest on the show, but you didn't feel you would have much to talk about. Well, he is now on air at Boom 97.3. I really would like to hear about his days on YTV and CFTR. Did you know that he is also a professional photographer? Would be nice to hear. God bless Tony. Tony omits any bowel movement or heart information. Your thoughts? Uh, okay, should we do that for Tony? Um, 
Tony seems to be pretty hot on getting, da- uh, you know, the Tarzan. Tarzan Dan. The problem with that is, I, you know, he worked in Toronto, but he was out west so long. I, again, I don't know really how relatable that is. I help me with that. Is he? I think you know he was in. I don't remember really was. his Toronto. I think a lot of our audience knows who he is from his YTV days. I think a lot of people know okay. from. He was on, uh, I can't remember, he was, besides CFTR, he was also on one of the hot hit stations for a while. Here's what I would say. I like Dan, always did. He was always a nice person. Along the way in radio, I ran into him quite a bit, as I'm sure you did. And uh, he's a decent guy. You know, we don't have any history working with him. But he does have some history working in this market, and I don't know. Maybe we'll, you know what we'll do? Here's what we'll do, Tony. We usually have a meeting after the show on Thursdays with our producer, Toronto Mike. Maybe we'll throw it around. How about we do that? We'll table it for our, our conversation today. Yes. Fair enough? You know, and hey, Tarzan Dan, n- listen, no argument. He's salt of the earth. Not too much salt, uh, but he's salt of the <laughs> he's earth. Low, he's, he's low sodium uh-huh. of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> sodium, but... Um, <sighs> Yeah, sure. Let's talk about it. How about that? Listen, no one, no one will die through this. No, no, they won't. Hi guys. Uh, who's Hi up guys. next, Mister? Hi guys. Hi guys. Well, this is uh, just a throwback to uh, you know our little discussion a couple of minutes ago. It's Hi guys from Tom Lovato. Hi guys. Now, in bold, bold writing, Howard. He uh, says, uh, hi, guys. I just did hi, guys. Okay. Hi, guys. Well, that's the subject. Oh, I see, right. The subject line is hi, guys. Yes, I'm sorry. Anyway, he says, uh, please, in bold writing, please, no more Dan Dick jokes. And you and I just spun out of control there a couple of seconds ago. <laughs> we did. I know he we says, did. I, he says, I like adolescent humor as much as the next guy, but enough. Okay. All anyway. right. He says, I do like the U.S. politics discussion and miss the uh, Noel Kasler appearances. I see Noel hasn't posted a podcast since August, late August. Hopefully he's working on some Democratic strategy think tank project. Yeah, we've had that discussion. Uh, what's going on with Noel? We'd love to have him back on, but um, you know he's been a little reluctant. He seems preoccupied with something. Good on him. Well, I'll tell you, Freddie. He's just—if I may just jump in quickly—he yeah. just uh, restarted. I'm going to—I was going to bring this up with uh, Boone as well. Uh, he just restarted Noel. That is uh, posting on Twitter. So maybe he's come out of his summer-long okay. hiatus. Okay, and uh, Tom goes on. I like the Tony Clement appearances. Keep pressing him on the shit show. His CPC leader, PP, is pulling out there on a daily basis. In fact, more Canadian federal politics would be welcome. We agree, but it's got to have some juice to it, right? And that very rarely happens. He says he's a fan since CFNY, podcast listener since 2021. Welcome aboard, Tom. Resting heart rate, mid-50s. Wow. Shit. Come on. What are you, a fitness freak, I guess? Uh, bowel movements, uh, regular uh, daily brand flakes, and flax seeds. Nice. That's from Tom Leto. Well, Tom Leoto. Um, no Leoto. Tom Leoto. Hmm. You know, I'll just say we tried, okay? We tried to take a break from the Dan Dick jokes. We did. But, you know, then we would have missed that last little exchange about... You know, Dan's shroud 
and then the, mm-hmm. the, the hot air balloon. And, and I mm-hmm. think, in my opinion, we'd be the poorer for it. Oh, most definitely, Howard. You know, we can't assume that our audience knows everything about what's <laughs> interesting and funny. That's right. You know, we that's can't our let job. The listener program, the show, Howard. God forbid. <laughs> that's right. God forbid. God, what's God, Howie? Uh, this guys. one, uh, subject guys. line Hi Depression guys. and Kevin Frankish. It's from a uh, regular contributor, Richard Bullis. He says, Oh, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Great segment with Kevin. I'm 59 years old. When I was 47, I went into a situational depression for about a year. In bold letters, brutal time for me and my loved ones. I can imagine. Uh, he goes on to say, but I came out on the other side and life has never been better. For anyone out there suffering, don't give up. Surround yourself with what brings you joy and get rid of what causes stress and anxiety as best as possible. As best possible, I guess. Great work. He says, humble and Fred, cheers, guys, and Kevin, too. Muchos lovos, rich. Again, no bowel movements, no resting heart rate. Uh, you know, well, there, there's the uh, the yin and yang. There's the, the, the flavors of the humble and Fred rainbow. You know, on the one hand, we're infantile, immature, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, stupid at times. Mm-hmm. We don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And on the mm-hmm. other hand... You know, we can present a pretty serious discussion and have a conversation like grown-ups for 20 or 25 minutes with another grown-up. Mm-hmm. Yes, we can. Well well said, yes. Kevin, uh, I didn't... I, I could have read it, but I'll just sum it up for you. As soon as the show uh, was done yesterday, I looked in our Facebook feed just to make sure it was up, and I saw a really nice note from Kevin thanking mm-hmm. both of us for being on the show and saying that as soon as he got done... A bunch of people were all excited about his appearance at his workplace and had Humble and Fred stories. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was a, a feel-good. It was, it was nice. a feel-good uh, moment on the program. Okay. It made me feel like our lives have meaning. <laughs> exactly. We, we, we're influencing people. We're influencers. All Hi right. Guys. What's up next, Freddy? Hi, guys. <clears throat> subject guys. matter, Dan Duran and COVID. This is from Scott Shields. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. He says, I'm two weeks behind in trying to catch up on the podcast. The last episode you were talking uh, with Dan and Mike about Dan's, Dan Dan and Mike Boone, of course, about Dan's reluctance to be interviewed by Mike. What if you just did a two or three minute session per episode with Dan about some story or anecdote? You could call them Danicdotes. And he says you should trademark that. No, it was Danicdotes. What did I say? Anecdotes. Oh, I thought I said anecdotes. I thought did you? Because I was, yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure. I, by the way, I want to say I may yeah. have. We may have done this one last week. I wasn't sure. It sounds familiar now. About his mom and brother have COVID. It's back. Anyway, I could read a different one then because something came in fresh. Uh, well, I, yeah, well, here's the thing. You read Danielle's. I'm going to read the pet insurance one. Okay. So the one that just came in? I'm going to read the pet insurance one. You read Danielle's. Okay. Let's go ahead and read it. This is uh, Subject Matter Strike Force 5 podcast. Hi, guys. Daniel Hayashi. And also a regular contributor. Yes. And she says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. In yesterday's episode, 
This is fresh out of the oven. In yesterday's episode, Howard was discussing the podcast Strike Force 5. I had listened to the first three episodes, but had to stop because the explosion sound, uh, Jimmy Kimmel would play this sound whenever the phrase Strike Force 5 was mentioned, had gotten really annoying to me. Hmm. <laughs> Hearing that John Stewart makes an appearance in an episode, I will listen to that one. I've always found him funny, saw a Toronto show of his, and enjoy... Uh, his The Problem podcast. Oh, such a smart man. Happy Thursday and stay strong. Nobody uh, numbers, uh, Danielle. Thank you, Danielle. Yeah, Thank you, Danielle. I, I mm-hmm. appreciate it. Yeah, I, 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 when I was going through the emails today, I, there's so many that I, I think I may have uh, taken one from last week. Anyway, uh, here's one that just came in. Pet insurance. From Ernie Penn. Pet insurance is a subject. He says, of course. Hey, guys. Hi, guys. Listening to your conversation about pet insurance made me think of a situation. This came up yesterday as well, or whenever I was talking about Stan uh, eating all the tampons. Uh, This made me think of a situation that I was in recently. My wife and I picked up our new puppy in July. Congratulations. And had to listen to the speech from the breeder about the benefits of pet insurance. I looked into it, says Ernie. It's expensive. What we decided to do is to take the money and put it into a savings account or TFSA. If the time comes that we need to pay a vet bill, this is bright. It's there. If we don't need it, it's still ours, not in the pockets of an insurance company. Maybe the Sherpa can set up a special program. Mm. It's, I think that's really, really smart. You know, and if it I had is. done that 12 years ago, even if it was like, because I think, as I said, the insurance was 30 bucks a month. Uh huh. And, you know, over the years, I've had to pay some money for Stan. You know, he had some seizures early on and whatever. But let's say it just kept accruing. It's a very bright idea. I think we all understand. He says, uh, give Stan a belly rub for me, and I will. Stan's an angel. Heart rate, 86. Ernie, BM's normal. Appreciate you, Right Ernie. on. All right, man. Thanks very much for that. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, subject matter here. The Rolling Stones drop epic sweet sounds of heaven. This is from Nancy McLeod Elder. And she says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Yes, the Rolling Stones drop epic Sweet Sounds of Heaven. If you haven't heard this piece yet, you must. It's unreal. The Rolling Stones, unbelievable. Howard and Fred, you can just think about Gord, but Dan will appreciate it, I'm sure. Of course, she's referencing to Sweet Sounds of Heaven. Oh, to be 80 and still turning out pieces like this. And Lady Gaga, her voice, just beyond words. Stevie Wonder, he's on the keyboard. It's a fantastic song, and she provides the link. But we've heard the song. Here it is. Uh, It's Stevie Wonder on uh, piano and uh, synthesizer. Jagger wrote it. It's uh, a duet with him and uh, Lady Gaga. But listen to how good this 80-year-old man's voice is. It's from their album uh, Hackney Diamonds that also included that other song we played. This, you know how quickly I grabbed this song and put it in my uh, Under the Stars playlist? Imagine sitting by the fire and up north looking up at the stars and this song comes on. 
Wow. I, I, how fast did you do it? Just really fast? Very, Howard, I like it, I, I dropped the phone. I scrambled. Was it so really fast? Like, I, I, So when you say I can't imagine how fast, I couldn't imagine like the speed of sound? No, you can't imagine. It was like, it was like you've never seen me move so fast. God damn, man. That's, I would love to see that sometime. <clears throat> Little anecdote here. Driving to uh, the Argo game last week. Uh, my grandchildren in the back seat, John and May. Eight and ten, listening to the Spectrum on Sirius XM. Angry comes on by the Rolling Stones. Oh, yeah. And they both, they both, like, almost immediately go, oh, we love this song, we love this song. And I thought, isn't that something? I cranked it up. Like, it was on, I'm thinking, eight and ten years old. They love this song by this 80-year-old man. It was it was a moment. It was a moment. You know, and, and as I said, when I first when I first dropped it this morning, I dropped mm-hmm. a needle down or whatever, I, I put on the track. I, the first thing I could, I could not believe how strong his voice sounds. And now here's, I'm just waiting to get to the part with uh, Lady Gaga. There she is. Remind me, uh, who is that from again? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Nancy McLeod Elder. Well, thank you, You Nancy. Appreciate you. uh, I love this stuff. Like, you know, she gets a call from, like, Mick Jagger. Hey, I got this song, and, you know, I hear you in it. Would you like to be part of it? What a thrill that is. Even for someone, you know, as successful and popular as Lady Gaga. Pretty cool. Um, Well... Apparently, uh, well, yes, you're right. Uh, Lady Gaga is, uh, that's very cool. Also, apparently, McCartney and Elton John are guest starring on this album, which will be released October 20th. And not the first time, by the way, to your point about Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga has uh, appeared with the Rolling Stones. Where is it here? Um, Yeah, in in 2012... Sorry, yeah, in 2012, uh, she performed Gimme Shelter on stage with the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Later, that ended up on the 2023 live album. So if you want to hear Lady Gaga singing that iconic part in uh, Gimme Shelter, it's there. But yeah, you're right, dude. Here she is again. Okay. Well, that's great. Like, that's just quality stuff. It, it is. And and so is this. I mean, you mentioned McCartney. Um, a dad joke. Um, remind me of a dad joke. If I get slipping in right now. Just slip it right in. Slip it in. Slip it in. You know what? Yeah, I, I won't even notice. Go ahead. What do you call in. a gassy man who sings? I don't know. Paul, Paul McFartney. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still laugh at because Dan brought up nacho cheese. I'm still laughing at that joke I told you last week. What do you call cheese that's not your own? Nacho cheese. <laughs> um, okay, there it is, the Rolling Stones. And thanks, Nancy, because I would have uh, would have not known about it. I would have not known had Nancy not have spoken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and yeah, seriously, we've talked about these guys. Good for them being good at uh, whatever age they are. Oh, fantabulous. Uh Really? What a great song that is. And Angry is good, too. Yeah, and it goes to show you, mm. why can't you be doing your art when you're older, like we are? 
Howard, do you remember there was a time a few years ago where you often heard that? Oh, why don't they just give it up? Why don't they, like, pack it in? It's over. About, about us? The Rolling Stones. Oh, no, say, about us. About, about oh, of course, us, of course. Us. Yeah, every day. We heard that often. We heard that in our 30s. No, but about the Rolling Stones. And I just, I always found that weird because, like, how is that affecting your life if these guys want to continue making music? Like, yeah, piss off. Same with Stern. Like, Stern re-signed a, a five-year deal and it's going to take him into his late 60s. People still like him. You know, uh, what? so what if uh, we're still doing this show? Just stumbling along. You know, I like it. I mean, I mean, I this we've had this conversation. I think even this week about what are we going to retire to do? Another podcast? Well, this is it. Okay, well, let's move on now because we've got other people that have sent us very nice notes. By the way, I think I'm done. Okay, good because I got one more to go. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, this comes from uh, someone we used to work with. He doesn't say hi, okay. guys. He doesn't say hi, guys, because I don't think he realized. That he was corresponding uh, with me, but I was going to read it anyway. Hi, guys. It's from uh, Earl Veal, our good friend, uh, longtime uh, workmate at CFNY and then The Edge. And then so he I was talking about the I never heard the term uh, boat raced. Mm-hmm. I heard it a lot during the uh, Ryder Cup when the U.S. got thumped by the Europeans, much to my delight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Earl says, uh, subject matter, uh, subject line, boat raced. He said, I'd never heard the term boat raced either, so I looked it up. It's the kind of thing that he does. Uh, to be beaten very badly at something, especially in such a fashion that you were behind from the start and never had a chance. Comes from the boat race, an annual rowing competition between Oxford and Cambridge, don't you know? In which the first side to get ahead can move to the middle of the river where the current is the fastest and is almost never overtaken thereafter. Boat race. And uh, thanks, Earl Veal, for that. Thanks for all you've done for us over the years. And I went on to ask him about golfing sometime, and because I know you guys have a very exclusive group that is so almost impossible for me to get into. But Earl said I could play with him. I mean, I, Earl, <laughs> Earl says I could play. But, you know, now I just have to get the rest of the council. Oh, but, and I know what would happen. But Earl's hey, on board. Do you want to? Did you want to? Uh, Earl's on board. I'm sorry. Yes, let me look at my calendar. You can. I can play with you on August twenty third or September sixteenth or. Now, if you can fit me in there, that would be nice. Earl's on board. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Earl's into it. Uh, anyway, thanks to uh, everyone that emailed us. That was great. I, again, I apologize if I've. Not to you, but uh, if we because I try and put them in a file and then I get mixed up as to where the cutoff is. And usually I can see by the timestamp that right. it comes in after our show last Thursday. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you know, you were talking about boat raced. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can an aside here and Please. I mentioned I had gone to the Argonaut game uh, with my grandchildren and my daughter and her husband on Friday night and really enjoyed it. But it was alumni night. and It was history night because the Argonauts are 150 years old this year. Wow. They began in 1873, right, as a rowing team. Right. The Argonauts. And then, yeah, and to stay in shape, they decided to start playing rugby. Right. Back in 1873. And then during the breaks, they were giving this historic sort of evolution of the, of the Argonauts. And it's quite a story. You know, they're the oldest professional sports team in North America. 
And uh, so they evolved from a rowing company, a boat racers, uh, per se, and uh, to what they are now. And it's sort of sad when you sit there and there's only 15,000 people there in a whole area of the stadium they don't even sell. And so from that perspective, it's sad. But at the same time, a pretty impressive uh, history yeah. franchise. Yeah. History. And, and was that, franchise. if I recall, I forgot you had gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, two questions. I may have more, but right now, too. Uh, that was your first time at BMO Field? Yeah. What did you think of it? Now, by the way, three well, questions, because I have a follow-up to that. It's a fine little stadium. Yeah, I found the seats a bit weird, those little plastic buckets that are screwed to the benches. I found that a bit weird, but as an intimate sta- uh, stadium to watch a sporting event, like the Argonauts are way better off there than they were in the Dome, obviously. Oh, yeah. yeah, the Dome, it um, seems even more sadder. But it... I'm just thinking, you know, the GTA here, like six, seven million people, whatever it is, that you can't get 25,000 to come like once every couple of weeks to see this historic franchise, really the only football game in town. Mm -hmm. It just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. One, um, one has to do with the rise of popularity, rise in popularity of the NFL. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the Buffalo Bills. I think when the Buffalo Bills have a contending team, which they've had for a few years, Josh Allen, the Josh Allen era has contributed to that. The second thing I wanted to ask was uh, Friday night was the last day when it was still summer like like last Friday. I played mm, in shorts. Beautiful. So it was a pretty nice night down there by the water. Yeah, it was very nice. We all had like I had a hoodie on and, you know, we all basically hoodie type. Style. Right, you wore warm clothing. Oh yeah, because I guarantee you that would be a different experience sitting there this Friday night when it's twelve <laughs> degrees. Because I'll tell you, yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, we, we so, so we have one more men's day, which is tomorrow, and it's supposed to be like again fourteen, fifteen. But yesterday, with that angry gray blue sky, and it was twelve degrees and windy, there were a variety of places I would have rather been than the golf course. I mean, I had a great time because one of the people I played with, he and I just laugh our heads off. It's just nonsense, much like ourselves, you and me. But uh, to actually play outdoors when it's that cold, I'm not really interested anymore. No, I know. Uh, I know. It, and it t- turns so quickly, eh? Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, little tipping story quickly for you, too. We decided to eat at the game. I went into the concessions. Uh, two foot longs. Two poutine, one buffalo chicken fingers, two beers, a Fanta drink, and an iced tea. What do you think that cost me? $75. I wish. $120 for that. Okay, nope. start again. Two, two, two foot longs? Two foot long. Okay, so I'm sorry. You're right. So two foot longs, they're uh, 15 each. That's 30. Around there. Yeah. Two poutine. That's things. 10, so that's uh, 55. Buffalo chicken wings. Another $15. Or, yeah. So that's Buffalo 15. It's just 70. Strips. Okay, yeah, there's 70. Two, um, two beers. Me and there's my daughter 30 had a bucks. Beer. That's 100. Yep. Yep. And then um, a Fanta, an orange Fanta yep. for John and an iced tea for. Yeah. So that's, yeah, with tax, 100 and what? Mm-hmm. $120. Yeah. So the guy hands me the machine. And again, I feel bad, but I thought of what you have said and other people have said. You know, when it says the, what, 
I think 15, 18, 20%. They don't even yeah. give 15%. No, they don't even start or, with 10. And then other. And I'm sorry, I hit other and I put no tip. In retrospect, I should have put 2 or $3, but I'm thinking, is that more insulting than no tip? But I'm thinking, this guy's standing there. He's just turning around, grabbing this stuff and plunking it in front of me. And I'm going to give him 18% on $120 for this crap so that would add another 25 ish dollars to 20 ish dollars to your to your bill you know i mean it's the food isn't that good and it's they're gouging you they're over the overpricing it so now you want me to tip on that i'm not doing it yeah it's i i it's a tough one because you know that's their job they're making minimum wage and it's and and they're not it's like they're serving you but all they're doing is grabbing the stuff they're not cooking it they're not doing anything to it i I get it it's not like they brought it to your seat which might be worth a 15 percent tip well this is it and i'm and it's as i say it's just so much gouging going on there and i guess they assume at mlse who runs it that you know people are going to supplement their wages with tips but you know, when it all happened so fast, I'm thinking, you know what I probably should have done? I should have put other. And I thought, OK, I'll give the kid five bucks. Like, that's worth it. You know, for what he did. Like, yeah, and I, I didn't. As far, I as, as far as insulting somebody, I mean, something's better than nothing. Yeah. And uh, but I, I'm, I promise you, you're not the only one that went no tip. Mm-hmm. Um, before we uh, get too far away from our emails, I want to say, uh, of course, emails brought to you by Palma Pasta. 38 years of delivering quality Italian food from fresh pasta to sauces and pre- prepared take-home entrees. Man, there's so many things there at Palma's Kitchen. I had some of these peppers that I like. They have peppers in a jar, Italian peppers. It's just just a, a, a taste of some of the things you can get there. And, of course, uh you know, prepared entrees, as I mentioned. Four locations, one in Oakville, three in Mississauga. And the signature store is Palma's Kitchen. And if you can't make it there, don't worry. You can order online at palmapasta.com. Catering services for your home or corporate events, large or small, Palma Pasta delivers in the GTA. Palma Pasta, Italian tradition, simply delicious. Well, there's an example. Look at how hard those women at Palma Pasta work. You know oh yeah, I mean? with that lunch counter and everything, nobody's tipping them. You know, it's that's a great point. No, yeah, and 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 again, the sort of the dilemma here is if if the food was more reasonable at the sporting events, people would probably be more inclined to tip. You're gonna love what I'm about to say, so just get ready for it. Are you ready to love what I'm love about to say? You're, no, you're gonna love what I'm about to say. Think about what we do when we go get our groceries. We go to the cashier, and they ring our groceries in, and sometimes, if they're not busy, we'll help you bag them, and it's not expected to add a tip right. on top of that. And they're basically doing, mm-hmm. they're doing a similar thing to somebody giving you a hot dog at a stadium. Yes. So, so but, but, yeah. but it is the food service business. And I get that, you know, we might sound like two old, you know, grumpy white people, but... You know, I, I do a lot more takeout food because of where I live than you do. And, and you know, that's how this all started, which is, you know, mm-hmm. I just I bought, I just I got some shawarma uh, last weekend. I love this stuff, you know, and it's you get a huge but it's expensive. You know, it's like 18 bucks for, mm-hmm. you know, and it lasts me like a meal and a half. But then I then I'm expected to 
Basically, I walked into your establishment. You just did what you said you would do. I will give you food for this amount of money. Okay, great. <laughs> then why are you asking me for more money? And by the way, you're lucky because yeah. it, it oftentimes now the table stakes for tips now is starting at 20%. You're oh, lucky there was 18 on there. They can piss off. We I mean, are seriously. Let's get. Do you think this is another byproduct of COVID? Because I know a lot of the counter tipping started during, oh, you know, we're all struggling and... Uh, I don't know. Mayhaps. Mayhaps. I do not know. Um, okay. Well, listen, that's all been fun. And it's been uh, lots of entertainment and uh, peepee jokes and information. And don't uh, forget Paul McFartney. <laughs> Paul McFartney and nacho chips. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. I keep saying that to myself. Who's <laughs> what do you call chips that aren't your chips? Nacho chips. Uh, so all good. A uh, couple things uh, I'll mention. Uh, you know that joke? I, that guy, I played that joke about Hitler. The guy with Hitler's bunker. That, that joke I played last week for you. Yes, yes. It was funny, yes. Very funny. Uh, the whole thing is that, you know, Hitler, uh, you know, lasted six years of reigning terror around uh, World War. And then he got married and he killed himself the next day. And then the guy says marriage is hard. Anyway, that guy, Dana Gould, is in town this weekend. And I'm going to actually go to see him on the Danforth at the Comedy Bar and uh, mm. take my daughter, Spencer, who I'm not sure if I've mentioned this, is doing stand-up like three or four times a week now. Good for her. It's wow. crazy. Like, I went and watched yeah. uh, Spenny on Sunday. That's why we did Thanksgiving Monday. But, like, every night I'm like, where are you going? She goes, I'm going to an open mic. So it's going to be kind of neat. It's a father-daughter comedy combo going to see a comic together on Saturday night, which is going to be fun. Uh, my other mm-hmm. daughter... Charlie is running the Toronto Waterfront Marathon on Sunday. Wow, and uh, it's coming up. Sunday. It's already wow. here. Wow. So Sunday, uh, Spencer, myself, boyfriend, uh, her, Charlie's boyfriend. And Charlie's got a couple of friends from New York that she works with that are coming in and her oh, friends wow. from Toronto. And so we're all going to watch. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what you do. You watch them run. Hey, good luck. And then all the kids will follow her around going to different points. I'm going to go home and then come back five hours later and try and be there on the finish line. And then when there's a big party at Charlie's uh, Saturday or whatever, Sunday night. So that'll be fun. Wow. Are you going to go to the party? I am going to the Bims like pizza and stuff. I was invited to that party. Although it's funny you say that because Charlie's birthday is coming up and we're doing something with the family. But then there, she's having a party at her house, some friends and right. stuff. And I was like, well, I said to Spencer, well, am I not coming to that? She goes, no, you're not invited. <laughs> said, well, they're afraid you'll dance. <laughs> That's right. And then she said, quite specifically, no, you're not invited. I said, okay, fine. Fuck it. Yeah. Oh, I get it. So it's I a hard one, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I get it. You know, they're all a bunch of twenty somethings. They don't want uh, me. No, they don't. When they don't want you included, it's like wow. Yeah. All right. I get it. So you may not love this segue, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I think about my two daughters, who are 25 and 28 years old, and then I think about some of the stories that we've all learned the last couple of weeks. Basically, my kids are the same age as those kids that last Saturday went to a, a music festival in Israel. We're dancing around. We've, you know, I'm sure you've seen some videos of these kids while uh, this festival was going on. And then just minutes later, we're kidnapped, gunned down, slaughtered. And, you know, and, and, I, and I wanted to make that connection because, you know, 
there are lots of, I don't know about any Canadians, but there were some American kids there in Israel. But a, a good amount of the initial people that were killed in this massacre were kids Charlie and Spencer's age. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, you know and, and you think about the parents and the grandparents and the friends of all these people. And I'm going to say yes. I'm, gonna say this, I'm only going to do this once. Yes, I know and understand. And I've said it all week that there have been atrocities uh, and there's a, uh, a conversation to be had about the Palestinians. I acknowledge that completely. But in this particular moment, and I think it's important that you acknowledge how horror, I mean, and I said to you before the show, yes, I know the Israelis have been occupying that land and there's a dispute about it and they haven't been, but there's, they've been, they, the Israelis have not beheaded babies. You know, it, that's not what they did. They've, they've, innocent people have died when Israelis have attacked militarily and they're dying now. And they wouldn't have died if Hamas had not attacked all those Israelis. Now up to 11 or 1,200 people dead, 100 people plus kidnapped. So I don't think it's apples to apples. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can compare some of the stories that you heard about kids Charlie and Spencer's age, where they were taken hostage, raped, and, and you're the one that showed, told me about the, uh, you know, there's a, a photo of a girl, young girl, again, my daughter's age, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. having just been raped, bleeding from the abdomen. And then, mm-hmm. and then stories of these people butchering um, a baby, a mother with a baby inside her. Uh, at some point, you have to kind of go, okay, well, that's, that's not the same as the Israelis sending rockets into, into Palestine. So that's what I wanted to say, that I, I thought that... You know, the, some of the stuff I heard yesterday, it literally is heartbreaking. Stories about a, a, a grandmother, you know, who couldn't, as I said to you yesterday, who, who couldn't leave her home. So they just killed her in her home and then dragged her dead body out. And then people were cheering. Mm-hmm. No, I know when you look at some of the stuff on the campuses and more so in the United States, I don't know what's going on here in Canada. But people blatantly... You know, supporting the Palestinians and they're supporting Palestinians through Hamas. They're saying, you know, we stand by the Palestinian people. Well, why are you saying that now is because Hamas just butchered a bunch of people. You know what I mean? They're not making that distinction that you made to begin with. Yeah, well, and, and, and great. Know? Again, a conversation to yeah. be had about the Palestinians and the yeah. plight of a two-state two uh, mm-hmm. solution. But where were you a week ago? Why weren't you out supporting the Palestinians a week ago? So what you're saying is mm-hmm. we support the Palestinians who's, uh, mm-hmm. who's sort of point person on this or point organization is Hamas who just butchered a bunch of people. And then, of course, there's the Jewish thing, which is it goes from Israeli and what Israel has done as a government to this fun crowd at the Sydney Opera House. This is the... the um, the clip i've been saving all week this is in front of the sydney australia opera house listen to this great crowd what you don't maybe you can't hear what they're saying they're saying gas the jews they're not saying israel two parties or two country state or whatever two state solution and then they're yelling ali akbar god is great and then they go so they take a break from gas the jews and then they go back to gas the Jews, fuck the Jews. So again, if these people had gathered last week and said, hey, you know, I think there's a better solution than what we have there in the Middle East now, fair point. 
but they they're not they're saying that now and they're saying hey this opportunity of all these people being killed is a great time to tell to remind us Mm -hmm. to gas the jews when we get a chance is there video with that is there a profile oh yes well they're just a bunch of young people and you know palestinian flags and yeah that's i mean the hate is so deep and again so what you're doing is you're endorsing hamas through your people that's what they're doing yeah because they're not stopping it you know there should be and and again what you did at the beginning when you say you understand the plight of the palestinian people and they're an issue and there's an argument there yeah 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 we know we know that but when these people come out you know that way gas the jews as a reaction to what hamas did to the palestinians it's it's frightening and where does that come from how do you how do you develop such hate and uh and disgust it's well look here in toronto all the uh, a lot of jewish you know synagogues churches community centers jewish commun- they're going to have uh, increased police presence this weekend because they expect you know israel to you know, increase their assault on Gaza. Uh, and there could be reaction here, which drives me fucking crazy, but it's, it could happen. So they're taking steps to um, to combat that. It's horrible. You know, I and I don't recall exactly. I mean, I, I recall vaguely some of the anchor reactions after 9-11. You know, I remember when Letterman came back a couple of weeks later and he started the show sort of basically talking about the pain and the hurt, but I don't recall ever hearing like Jake Tapper style talking heads, Wolf Blitzer, uh, different people at different networks upon hearing some of the stories of what happened and what has happened becoming so emotional. Anderson Cooper last night lost it a little bit just because it's so well, heartbreaking doesn't describe it, but it's so um, hard to to take in for these people because they're and and I know, again I know part of it maybe again not being cynical, I just don't recall seeing all of those type of people reacting to this information that they're getting in real time and not just choking up but being speechless about it. Not knowing what to say when a a young woman, there was a a report yesterday in the afternoon, a young American Jewish woman talking about her her family in Israel and what they've been through. Like, like kids, kids, Johnny and and, and, um, Mm -hmm. May's age. And and one of the older children running with the baby, a three-year-old baby, it got butchered. I mean, it's not just military targets shooting at each other. No. But see, again, they're, you know, indoctrinated, these young people who grew up to be teenagers and young adults that are just so so full of hate and rage. They've been taught to do this, and their attitude is, you know, we're so outnumbered. This is really the only way that we can make a dent, as sad as that is. Um, yeah, it's interesting, too, whatever, you know, motivates you or stimulates you or irks you it's you know you had made the point you were a little surprised that even our audience hadn't reacted more well i made the point to you off the air i was gonna yeah go ahead you can if you no, want go I, ahead and make I, it no i'm just i'm opening that door for you because i it's interesting 
Well, I just said to Fred before the show, I said, you know, we were like, because I go through the emails, this is how I, and I send Fred uh, some to read, and I, you know, bookmark mine. And I just said to you, I said, I'm going through all these emails. There hasn't been one email this week, not one. Not from Julie Fleming, not from anybody. I'm not calling you out, Julie, because what mm-hmm. Julie does do is send us a lot. Actually, that's not mm-hmm. true. Julie has sent a bunch of stuff that's Trump-related about how ridiculous his reaction is to all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, Trump, just to put aside, no, for, Trump mm-hmm. believes that if he were president, none of this would happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that nonsense aside, I just said to Fred, I was a little surprised. There's been zero emails about this. And, and not that it... How do I put this? I don't, I didn't, you know, not that I need acknowledgement or support, but there's just been nothing that says, hey, you're Jewish. You know, you must, you must have a reaction to this. Zero. I don't know what that is. Are people afraid to say it? Do they not, did they not think of it? Is it me? They don't want to offend me or they're not sure what to say. How would that offend you? I don't know. But there's been, but so take me out of the equation. There's not been one note in the six days since this happened from our audience about it. There's nothing, I know I'm not looking at at Facebook right now, but I found that a bit odd that, and it's a pretty big worldwide story. I guarantee if we were doing this show during 9-11, there would be tons of emails about what just happened. Yeah, I don't know. That's hard to put your finger on, you know, um, as I said to you too, like, how do you explain that? You know, we're in a different world now. A lot of people are afraid to voice their opinions on anything because any little tidbit of what they say might be used against them. And maybe that's part of it. It's people don't fully understand the issue behind the conflict. So it's like, I'm not going to say anything because I might say something wrong. I mean, we're really in that position now because people are so ready to pounce. Um, maybe that's part of it. Again, I'm just throwing that. Yeah, and I don't know. Like I said, you know, yeah. you know, when we came back on Tuesday, some of these stories hadn't been told yet, and mm-hmm. and that's why I started this. Forget about the geopolitical aspect of this. There's just and again, I, I mentioned that listening to Jake Tapper and Wolf Blitzer and Ann Cooper yesterday, almost tearing up listening to this story. When I, when I, I wish I, I, I was going to try and find the audio because you won't be able to get through it. It's a, a woman talking about, again, kids Johnny and May's age being slaughtered and, and, the, and the older daughter, who's probably 14 or 15, being kidnapped and raped and, and the parents being killed. That's different. That's a different style of story than mm-hmm. the geopolitical one and the conversation about what should and shouldn't happen in the Middle East. I just was saying to you, like, I just sort of think it's strange that nobody has emailed us about any of it. No aspect of it. That aspect, the fact that I'm Jewish aspect. You know, someone asked me yesterday, uh, do I have any relatives in Israel? I said, I don't. But ex-wife Randy, uh, we we had there was an Israeli family uh, that we were you know, they moved here and we were pretty close to them for 10 or 15 years. We celebrated all the Jewish holidays with them. They've moved back to Israel. The kids are now probably my kids age. So yeah, you know, and both of my brothers spent time there and I'm getting on, this isn't me whining about why didn't you email me? Don't you care about it? But it's just odd that nobody's sent us a note about it. Not one thing, which is again, fine. Yeah. And maybe, and maybe from this, if people do now, they can 
explain their thoughts on why that might be. Uh, well, I have some theories, but I'll just keep them to myself. Well, well, I gave you my theory. I mean, I told you yesterday when I you asked me about the NHL and the, the gay pride, no more gay pride tape or pregame ceremonies or whatever you want to call them. And I was very reluctant to say, and, and that's the way I feel. It's like, you know, I sort of agree with it. It's the hockey game, and that's a different issue, and all the players are free to do whatever they want outside of it. But it became a circus around the game, so I sort of agree with it. Before I said that, it was like, should I say this? Should I say this? And I think so many of us are in that position now where you're afraid to actually speak your mind, even if it's valid and measured and balanced, because you're afraid of what the reaction might be. That's pretty sad, too. And again, that comes from social media and everybody having an opi- a public opinion. Again, that, that out of the gate, that would just be one sort of explanation I might think of. People don't understand the issue enough to have the confidence to comment on it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I, you know, I, 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 again, I don't want this to say turn into mm-hmm. any. I really don't want this to be about me, but I am curious Number one, on a level of, well, there's been nothing said about it. And we get emails every day from people about stuff in the world and stuff on our show. And then the sort of 1A or even, you know, further down the list is just sort of curious that there's been nothing. It doesn't matter. Again, I, 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 I don't want everyone to start emailing me. because I, And then I don't want this to be a uh, discussion about anything to do with the fact that this is my, my complaint. It's not. It's an observation. Yes. Yeah, Just an observation. it is. Yes. And a valid definitely. one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like I said, there was some stuff I heard yesterday and I heard, when we've all heard now for a few days that just go beyond any normal rational. And again, I'm going to bring it down, bring it back to this because it is exactly why it happens on both sides is religion. Oh, yeah. And, and if you don't, if you don't think that's true, that's fine, but you're not paying attention. Because Hamas is not an, is an organization that exists solely because of the religion, and that's just the truth. And so does you know, and and they're and then they're they don't like listen, they don't like Jews. That's what they don't like. So, and if there's no other explanation, well, it's already I think been declared a religious war. That's what it is. I mean, that's the seed. That's where it comes from. And, uh, yeah. Believe me, if there wasn't Arabs and Jews. <laughs> Sorry. Well, exactly. Be, this wouldn't be going on right now. I thought I, would, well, I thought I would finish because we want to get back to the nonsense. Unless, you know, uh-huh. uh, and I don't want to involve Dan and, you know, because uh, I'm, ha- I'm not, this isn't about whether the Palestinians in general, two-state solution, etc., have a point. They don't have this point. And in fact, if I were, in fact, if, for, if I was doing PR for them, I'd say you've lost the moral, you've lost the moral ground. You erased it. Here's the, the moral ground or the, the mm-hmm. argument was done when you chopped off the heads of babies. Because no mm-hmm. one's on your side now. And if they are, there's something wrong with you. Oh, you're, oh, you're with that? the people that chopped off babies' heads? Yeah, I don't, I can't, uh, we can't have a conversation. No, no, that, yeah, that's, that's dead on there. It's true. Mm-hmm. But to make things, uh, to put a, uh, a point on this, let's just wrap it up with um, <laughs> fucking, 
this guy who has tied the attacks on Israel to the fact that the 2020 election was rigged. (laughs) And if the election wasn't rigged, there would be nobody even thinking about going into Israel. The election was rigged, very sadly rigged. (laughs) Fucking very. This is now the guy. I'm really he's you've got to give him credit. Because he's, you know what they what they say, Dan. What's that phrase? Uh, on brand. He's never not yeah. on brand. There's no point because he's, he's not been. The whole week has been about him and fighting with Forbes because they took him off the top 400 richest uh, people in America list. You know, Howard, what you said a second ago would be like, you know, listen, I understand the plight of the Palestinian people on some level. I try to understand. I have sympathy for you, but. If you stand with Hamas, I have no time for you. I'm not interested in you. I don't want to be associated with you. And it's gone that point with Trump. You know, we've said that many times. If I sat at a table with a bunch of Americans and there was a guy across the table that at this point still, you know, supported the convicted rapist, it would be like, well, we've really got nothing to talk about. I really don't even want to sit at the same table with you. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. Um, I, I took uh, this off uh, a couple days ago. I thought this was a strong statement. The glorification of death and violence and terror has no place anywhere, including especially here in Canada. So let me be very clear. Hamas terrorists aren't a resistance. They're not freedom fighters. They are terrorists, and no one in Canada should be supporting them, much less celebrating them. I thought that was pretty strong. Absolutely. Kudos to Justin. I, I agree. I'm, I'm impressed. It's not a, they're not freedom fighters. These aren't the no. Sandinistas. And, and as I say, they lost the moral high ground of, or not just high ground, they lost the, they lost the, argument, the ability to argue on, on any of those things of being freedom fighters and, and resistance fighters when they started butchering people. And, you know, there should be a declaration made this weekend in Canada, you know, countrywide, that if you do anything to a Jewish structure or person or anything in Canada as a result of this, you know, the law will come at you full weight. No mercy. And it should. Well, those battles fought here. Well, they're going to be, though. I mean, again, the the people in Australia who are yelling gas the Jews, where were they last week? Well, they were still there. You know, my point is they're they're just always there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a billion Muslims. There's 15 million Jews. Like, Go pick on somebody your own size. You know, Go, go go pick on someone else. But, you know, you talk about that whole enabling thing. And again, I keep bringing Trump up. You know, he enabled the disgusting, seedy side of America to raise his head. Well, this look at this. What Hamas did prompted that to happen in in Australia. Those people thought, oh, boy, here's an opportunity That's to right. exercise our <laughs> feelings and thoughts and hatred. Yeah, we've just been waiting for the, the go signal. And, you know, again, I, I don't know that I was surprised, but I think looking back on it, I was a bit surprised of the reaction in Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver. I was really kind of like, what? You mean, excuse me, a thousand people have now been killed and you're taken to the streets going, yay, Palestine. And again, 
The people that are supporting Palestine, they have a point. But where were they last week? Why weren't they out, you know, supporting Palestine last week? And, and, you know, my expert would argue they have been and we just haven't been paying attention, which is true, which is true. Mm -hmm. We don't pay attention to these no, we, you know, I, I could have had a conversation a week ago about the occupation of Palestine by Israel. I could have. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time we just ignore all that stuff. And hopefully, hopefully that doesn't, you know, screw our uh, retirement savings. That's true. Yeah. You know, no, I know you're right. But again, you can't. That's that's just the way it is. Doesn't make a. Uh, you unique you know what i mean so i want the takeaway by the way before we finish up with more nonsense to not be about why didn't you email us or me i do want it to be about the fact that in the last three days mm-hmm. i have you have we've all heard stories that are i don't even know the words beyond understanding like i listened to this thing yesterday afternoon and i would i didn't know what to think i was like guys i heard wolf blitzer's voice crack and he was talking to Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper couldn't even get through the report. And I thought, these people are seeing something unprecedented. These people all were there at 9-11. These people, they're seeing things that they, they probably, and hearing stories that they, they weren't prepared for. I don't think anyone was. No. You know, and I'm honestly, in situations like this, I'm often a little uncomfortable with comparisons because I don't really think, like... What's the point? However, per capita, you know, this is way worse than 9-11. And I keep hearing that. And it's like, oh, okay, do we really need to know that? But, yeah, I guess we do need to know that per capita. And it gets back to what you said, how the world reacted to 9-11 or how our audience might react to 9-11. Well, per capita, this is worse. This yeah, if you do the capita. factor of 10, there's 10 million Israelis. There's 330 million Americans. It would be, I made this point on Tuesday, it would mm-hmm. be as though 30,000 Israelis were killed. But it would be like if the planes flew into the buildings and some of the uh, hijackers survived and then got some of the people in the buildings and took them away and cut their heads off. That's what it would be like. Oh, and mm-hmm. went by their houses, got some babies, killed them, took some mm-hmm. older people, killed them, raped their children. That's this is like, you know, they, mm-hmm. like, again, when in a military incursion, yes, there have been collateral damage and it's horrible and pal- innocent, innocent Palestinians have died. But I don't have and I, correct me if I'm wrong. Show me where Israel has gone into Palestine and cut the heads off their babies. Just show me because that's what this is. And it's a completely different story. Yeah. And so now this is. Another aspect of this, which I find disturbing, the politicization of it. Is that the word politicization? Sure. Yeah. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? Um, You know, these hostages now in Gaza and some of them Americans. So so you have, again, a lot of Republicans saying, what are you doing about those hostages? Well, let's be flat out honest. What really can you do with the hostages? If they were willing to kill babies in Israel, how quickly... If Israel launches an assault on Gaza, will those people be killed? So how are you going to go in and find out where they are and get them and free them? I mean, it's such a pipe dream. But that's what a lot of people are holding on to. And, of of course, ideally you want that to happen. But the minute you enter the street that a hostage is on, they're just going to kill them. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're going to so do that it. lends itself to just fucking level the whole place. And here's the part that will really disgust you. Mm. 
is they these these freedom fighters were doing some of these things and uploading the video to their Facebook pages. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Again, was, show me where the Israeli army mm-hmm. killed a bunch of Palestinians and then put it on their fucking social media. Well, you saw that story. They got this grandmother, noticed her Facebook page was open. Yeah. Mur- took a video of her murder and uploaded it to her Facebook page. So there you go. That's what we're dealing with. Well, yeah. Where does that come from? (laughs) Anyhow. uh, All right. Let's see if we can turn this around. I know it's been a a pretty down 20 minutes. Uh, Do we try and bookend the program with some nonsense? Well, I can tell you about Tim Niblett. Well, no, that's that's the opposite of nonsense. Let me just Mm -hmm. uh, get you some. uh, How how about we just go back to the, uh, the sweet sounds of heaven and talk about the retirement Sherpa? Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, He was on the show yesterday. Uh, He raised the question, when should you retire? And we talked about it. Is this just about the numbers? Well, sometimes it's beyond the numbers. It's, you know, your psyche and your physical and mental health, your expectancy, what you want to do with the rest of your life. Do you have the means to do it? And what are your priorities? What drives you on any given day? Maybe you don't want to retire. Maybe you like your job. All those things were touched upon. Things to think about. Things that the retirement Sherpa, you know, brings to the table and uh, provoke thought for those, uh, you know, are looking towards retirement. The retirement Sherpa. RetirementSherpa.ca Sorry, I was just looking for an email that I had... Uh that I had uh, deleted. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm good. It's interesting you were talking about, not to belabor anything, but Trump inserting himself. It's 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 interesting that uh, every time there is a huge news story in the world that overtakes the attention on Trump, he mm-hmm. wants that attention, so mm-hmm. he somehow finds a way to insert himself into any atrocity, anything like this one. Yeah. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, it wouldn't have happened if it was if I would be in power, you know. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So yeah, somehow you know, it's about him. You look at Clint, you know, uh, former President Clinton, former President Obama. Oh, by the way, that's another thing Trump has started doing is this week, especially he keeps talking about Joe Biden's boss, Barack Hussein. And so he, mm-hmm. he keeps emphasizing mm-hmm. Hussein. Mm-hmm. Um, it, all those other people I mentioned have have had the what you would expect, the former presidential response, mm-hmm. sad empathy, compassion, um, logic. <laughs> but as Dan said, at every turn, this crazy fucking orange maniac just mm-hmm. it, it's always about him. Mm-hmm. Like, God damn it. <laughs> it's just he's all like I said to you before, Dan, he's always on brand. Yeah, he ne- he's he's definitely got his character down. Like, and again, any single thing is enough, but there's so much of it now. We're all numb to it or his followers are numb to it. 
Like, even that, isn't that enough for somebody to stand back who supported him even yesterday to go, okay, that's enough now. Yeah. Listen, I'm not going down this road anymore. This guy's out of his fucking mind. <laughs> really? Oh, God. Like, that's who you want as your leader. Like you, And again, you, you talk about the hate and rage that boils within those Palestinian people and then, you know, manifests itself through Hamas, people that join that. It's how full of hate and intolerance do you have to be to still support Donald Trump? Like, what's within you that allows you to still support that? What's bubbling within you? Oh, yeah, it's weird, well, man. Well, it's I think weird. a lot of it, it well, you, I think we've answered this question yeah. in so many different ways, but mm-hmm. a lot of it is just ignorance and they're just not, they're not very bright. Is you know. No. Doesn't no. matter. Uh, Dan, uh, do you, let's, let's finish off the week now and uh, cross our fingers that somehow or another things start to settle down, but they won't. But, cross uh, our fingers. Hope to cross our fingers. Hope to die. Stick a needle in my eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to find Dan's uh, theme. This this generally will signal a. Uh, let me get rid of the music for Dan. Okay, I know. Yeah, all right. Uh, clear, hey, clear Dan, I have a question for you after the show. Can you stick around? I have a yeah. house question. Yeah, actually, two oh, yeah. two sure. house questions. I like house questions. Yeah, this is something you'll be able to help me with. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Now here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dandoran, the anger man comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dandoran, the anger man's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Dan and Lisa's house And from their Dan and Lisa's dining room table uh, In the background are Dan and Lisa's artwork Next to Dan and Lisa's plant It is TV and movie anchorman Dan Duran Brinks is suing Air Canada Because they treated $20 million of gold That's 400 kilograms And $2 million of U.S. cash like an Amazon package. They say an unidentified individual gained access to the airline's cargo warehouse on April 17th. The plane landed at Toronto's Pearson Airport around 4.20 p.m. The shipping container was unloaded and moved to an Air Canada bonded warehouse at the edge of the airport at about 5.50 p.m. At approximately 6.32 p.m., an unidentified individual gained access to Air Canada's cargo storage facilities. No security protocols or features were in place to monitor, restrict, or otherwise regulate the unidentified individual's access to the facilities, according to the lawsuit. Once inside, the unidentified individual presented to Air Canada the copy of an air bill... Respecting the an unrelated or shipment. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Upon receipt of the fraudulent waybill, Air Canada personnel released the shipment to the unidentified individual, following of which the unidentified individual absconded with the cargo, the lawsuit claims. And they still haven't found police. This has been since, by the way, great reporting. Great Thank job. You. Because I we don't want to, I didn't realize you had music under you because I was going to give you this music, which was so part of our our childhood when it came to like you guys remember this? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a Pink, Pink Panther theme, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
And um, what I love about the story is when, when the crooks, because again, I love heist movies. So the people that pulled this off must, and by the way, where this shipment went to, Fred, was in a place called AC Secure. It's where Air Canada has a service where they send secure, highly, um, you know, uh, uh, not fragile, highly worth, high worth uh, shipments, gold, jewelry, diamonds, money. So AC Secure is where this went. So what I was thinking about, like when the crooks found out about how lax the security there was, no cameras, just a guy who's just... When they found out how easy it was, they must have said, no, this, this kid they must have pinched themselves. They must have said, this is fucking too easy. All we have when to do I first is... Heard, when I first heard this story, I was expecting, okay, they, they, you know, there was a building next door and they, they drilled through the wall or yeah. something. Or there was a tunnel and they came up through the concrete, they identified where it was and they knew where it was and they... Uh, there was or they dressed, up, up and, they dressed up as an Air Canada security guy and they came in and they, had to, they knocked one guy out with, with some uh, mm-hmm. a potion of some kind. <laughs> Intriguing. And, and all they had to do... Was present a way bill, and the guy went, "Yeah, I guess. Well, all right, sure. Here you go. Wow. Here you go. One guy at AC Secure. That's why they're getting sued because that you know it's supposed to be a secure area of the uh, airport where high, the, where this cargo goes. It doesn't go to the same place, and and they're being sued because there was none of these pla- these uh, security measures in place. <laughs> and you think you get mad when they lose your luggage? Yeah. No, I know. It's crazy. It would be like, hey, let's see your ID and uh, you have a you know, leather authorization mm-hmm. or you know, if we, who, any, any of the credentials that would go along with this because it was a fake air bill. It was totally fake. It was like for some other shipment that they sort of, you know, doctored and... and <laughs> they just erased it. That was yeah. so funny. <laughs> like cross. And, cross. and by the way, all of that cargo... Fit in the uh, a package the size of a what they say down like a, din- a, a dining room table like it wasn't very big, yeah. Like it didn't it wasn't a huge so they just carted it away and put it in their truck heavy, and, heavy of course yeah, but yeah it was very had to have a reinforced van or something yeah. like that. Yeah. What, what, what do you do with all that gold once you have it? Take like, it over to uh, Russell Oliver. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but I'm just wondering like how they launder that or get rid of it or who purchases it and. Yeah, it's uh, something else. You know, and that thing, it's so easy. If any of us had known that gold was there, we could have done that. Exactly. Damn it, and have all that gold. Mm. Be great. I bet those thieves are the same guys that have my buddy Doug's iPad. I bet. I bet. Because mm-hmm. he <laughs> lost it right. on Air Canada. <laughs> That's right. Everything's stolen from everywhere. That's right. So. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. I've got. Hey, we're, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get uh, $20 million worth of gold, $2 million worth of cash, and Buddy Doug's um, iPad. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> yeah. Should we get his iPad? Yeah, of course. Throw mm. it in. Uh, well, that was, re- <laughs> that was well reported, Dan. Thank you for that. Uh, Appreciate you. your uh, you. service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, now making his weekly visit. Um, here is uh, my neighbor and uh, Toronto lefty. Toronto Mike. I'll bet you he's got a thing or two to say. I'll bet you he does. Why there he uh, Sorry. Why there he is now. Can you guys make jokes already about the fact Dan has uh, peacocks behind him? Ah, uh, no. Great one. That's, yeah. 
Dan, did you hear our joke about how uh, you, we had a condom is a shroud and your condom is a hot air balloon? <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> See, uh, we're not, you know what, Dan? You got to understand, we try and be creative with these stupid, you know. That was during the light portion of the show. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's, that's before things get all Hamasi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, following that heavy conversation, uh, I think we need some cock jokes. I think that's exactly what the doctor ordered. That's right. And uh, yeah, what's what's a pres- we need a you write a prescription for some Dan cock jokes. Um, by the way, when we come back on uh, next week, which is uh, the Monday, by the and and not just two by the ways, next week, Friedrich mm. and Mike, correct me if I'm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think next week will be our very first four day week in a really long time. So just get prepared for it. That's yes. four full days of humbly and friendly. Thank goodness. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, you know, my pool's closed, not going up north. It just, you know. Well, you can do five days if you want. No, no, four is fine. Easy but I'm now. just saying yeah. I'm, I'm prepared for that because I enjoy it and uh, it's a focus. You know, in this uh, hunker down time. Yeah, it is time to hunker down. And Did I'm you guys be- know there's a partial eclipse coming up this weekend on Saturday? Yeah, I saw yeah, that. I saw that. This is this is like the Ring of Fire type one, right? Isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. But we're not going to get much here in uh, Ontario if you're, you know, if you're a little bit further west mm-hmm. and maybe south, you'd you'd see a little bit more of it. But we're going to see about thirty uh, percent coverage. But you know, it's probably going to be cloudy anyway. So, but if it dims a little bit, that's the reason. Mm-hmm. Saturday, right. but it doesn't matter anyway because I don't have a welder's helmet to look at it. So why, <laughs> why bother? Mm-hmm. I'm I sure. Th- I, yeah. I keep thinking I've got to get a welder's helmet helmet for um, right. eclipses, right. but I forget. Did you ever make a pinhole camera like when you were a kid to to watch the eclipse? No, Mm-mm. I did. That was I cool. Bet you did. You put a piece of paper in a in a cardboard box. <laughs> You and, wanted to build uh, a submarine once. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> another piece of paper on the other side, and you um, put a little pinhole through one piece of paper and point it at the uh, the sun, and then you're looking away from the sun, yes. and the other white piece of paper inside the box acts as a screen, and you can see the eclipse that way. Oh. I'll just watch it on TV. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> this is a uh, Fred. This is because Dan doesn't give a shit about sports. So if you took yes. sports out of your life, you'd have time for all of this. Yes, I a agree. Submarine, all that stuff. Dude, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. totally agree. Like I've done some things other than this in my life. I've learned a few things along the way, but the thing I think of the most golf, I've said this, uh, to my ex-wife and a few other people. If I'd ever thought of any other thing, as much as I do about golf or my golf swing, I definitely would have been richer or I would have cured something. <clears throat> Not a big thing, but I definitely could have taken on lupus. If I could have taken, <laughs> if I spent the time I spend on golf thinking about lupus, there'd be no lupus. So there. <laughs> well, you did for a time. You, you do consume yourself with certain things like you did with flying. And I was thinking about that when I was doing my little uh, news report looking for music. And uh, you, you playing the uh, Harlem Nocturne on the saxophone. Oh, that's right. I went through a saxophone and, period. 
You spent a year. Yeah, with your sax the period, that period, yeah. Yeah, I went through a hard saxophone period for about a year yeah. and a half. Not to be confused with the Taekwondo period I went through for a couple of years as well. And the wine uh, scrapbook. Oh, yeah, I went through this wine scrapbook period, yep. And now I'm going through my Spanish period. This is my Spanish phase. But at always, there's always golf that goes along with it. Oh, this is it, yeah. So when I learned to play the sax, one of the, one of the songs I learned to play was this. This, by the way, isn't me playing the sax. <laughs> no, this isn't actually. Were you right? Were you my roommate when I was taking sax lessons? Yeah, absolutely. Oh fuck! Yeah, how annoying that must have been. It's on repeat. Heard it all the time. That's right. I used to try yeah. playing this over and over again. Yeah, but I thought it was great. You know, you're learning something. Well, you were high as a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> it fit in with the times. Sure. This was great music for you when you were leafing through Beaver Hunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Dan was upstairs keeping up his aggressive masturbation schedule. In those days, it was morning, noon, and nighttime, too. There's a lot yeah. of ground to cover there. Oh, no, shit, yeah. yeah. He had to bring in experts. <laughs> he, had to, he had to call Jeffy and get somebody to come in and help him. <laughs> Aren't we fucking funny? Uh, all right, Boone. Uh, we got a meeting. Are you going to be able to hang around for our meeting after? Because we got to talk about uh, we got to talk about Tarzan Dan. Uh, yeah, I've already sent him a note. Uh, yeah, we have till ten o'clock, and I've sent Joel. Um, no, uh, Noel. I almost called him Joel. Joel Castler is his brother. He's going to come on instead. But no, Noel Castler. I've sent a note. I'm here till ten o'clock. But can I let you know who is your guests next week? Please and thank yes. you. <laughs> All right, the uh, making his monthly appearance is Jeff Lumby from France on Tuesday. Okay. And then uh, somebody did write a note, actually, like, when is Tony Clement on? Well, my answer for that individual is uh, he's booked for a Wednesday morning. So you get uh, Jeff Lumby and Tony Clement. And, of course, uh, Sherpa will join us, as always, on Wednesday. And then I'll pop in on Thursday. That's great. Actually, we got an email here. I was trying to find it. It was one of the emails I was going to do today until something new came in. Uh, where is it? Basically, somebody was asking us uh, when we were going to have. Well, here it is. Jeremy Scott, Canadian politicians, was his email. It just says, is Tony Clement going to be on soon? And Jeremy, there is your answer. Freshly baked from the mouths of babes, Toronto Michael. You know, there's a dimension to that, too, that we should keep in mind. He... He recommends a couple of questions for Tony. If, you know, we have upcoming guests and you have questions for them, by all means, you can email us and we can ask such questions to be a little more interactive, maybe. Fantastic point. And of course, if you're and maybe on those days when we have Tony here, because he always gets a lot of reaction, triggers a lot of people on Facebook. So mm-hmm. if you want to, what day was it again, Mikey? Uh, it'll be Wednesday. On the Wednesday? Um, why don't you, uh, we'll, I'll monitor the Facebook feed that day. And, uh, if you have any questions in real time, you can ask us, uh, thanks to everyone this week. Appreciate you and, uh, appreciate uh, your participation. Dan Duran, great reporting. Yes. Frederick. Thank you. I think uh, Boone has one more point he needs to make. I want to do a final reminder that if yes. anybody, uh, if there's a song out there that reminds you of humble and Fred, you hear the song, you think of humble and Fred for any reason at all. 
grab your phone or whatever you have around that records audio. Talk about the song and why it reminds you of Humble and Fred. Like, I don't know, 30 to 60 seconds. Email that audio file to Mike at TorontoMike.com. Please and thank you. Peace and love. Are you getting any action on that? (laughs) I got a couple more after last week, but uh, I'm... uh, you know, shout out to Sloan. I'm a little underwhelmed by the response. So, you know, we got to try different things and see yeah. what works for different audiences. Absolutely. Here's a song that reminds me of you and I. <laughs> <laughs> It's a long time to get to it, but it'll be worth it. And segue into more Beck Dandoran. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails, some of them on the air. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. So tell us what you think. Liking, subscribing, helps us out. So do it. Maybe even write a review. Say something nice about us. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, after a weekend of eating junk food and sharing right-to-repair stories, we'll be back on Monday. Until then, enjoy every goddamn day. And a microphone Bottles and cans Or just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where's the